0: I'm Mitch McCracken, and this is Memphis Music Interview, Memphis Music History, told from the inside. Southern Creed is a much-loved Memphis band that still stands tall in Memphis music even after 40 years. Their one album, the self-titled Creed, was released in 1978 and offers Southern-flavored hard rock featuring blistering guitar solos by Steve Engel. Steve is a quiet, humble family man that turns into a guitar hero the minute he steps onto a stage. He has all the drawing power any band would ever need as we are seeing now with his latest project, Triple X. I started by asking about Creed. How did Creed get started? Tell me a little bit about the beginning.
1: Way back. I used to play in a band called Burgundy. At the time, it was me and a guy by the name of uh, Eddie Scruggs, who owned Taliesin Agency. We had good success. We played a lot of proms and drop hops and even played morning assemblies for the whole Memphis City schools. So, uh, played in Burgundy, and we always, back then, you'd have a band house, and First, our first band house was over on James Road. And our second band house, we had moved into a house down the street from the Baptist Children's Home out on uh, summer.
0: Uh-huh.
1: We were kind of coming to the end. Of, like I said, had good players. Hal Butler played with, played with Burgundy. Uh, Bobby Dodge from the old Mulock Band played with Burgundy. And like I said, Eddie Scruggs played, and he had Palace and Agency so, a lot of bookings came out of that, because, you know, when they would call about some bands and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and other bands weren't available, we we were first in. So, as uh, Burgundy kind of came to an end, we were in this band house, and we uh, had come to find out that Luther Maven from Southern Creed lived a couple of houses down. So we, you know, just kind of saw each other and thought maybe we'd try to get together and see what came out of it. Luther had had his own band, uh, and he James Flynn was playing with Luther at the time. So we all just kind of got in a room, and uh, it was probably my first um, introduction to some pretty intense songwriting. I had I had dabbled up to that point, but um there was a lot of stuff that, that that came about in that house. Um we worked, we were we were broke, we ate spaghetti dinner box, you know, boxes of spaghetti dinners and, you know, um so we got together and played out a few places and At the time, a club named uh, Oligapos had a uh, band contest. We played it, and we won. I think it was a $1,000 prize or something like that. And so it just kind of went on from there. We Actually, we had recorded with Willie Mitchell on the demos and all that stuff, you know, through... At the time, a guy that was trying to help us out was Bobby Kaiser. He owns a lot of clubs in Memphis. So we had recorded with Willie Mitchell and then went up to Nashville, did some demos up there, got some interest for some people. A guy uh, that had Mountain at the time by the name of Steve Wax, heard us, he liked us. They assigned us a, they assigned us a, a producer, and we... Flew out to uh, Nederland, Colorado, and recorded the album at the legendary Caribou Ranch. Wow. That was a big shot in the arm for us. And uh, came back, released the album, 78. Did good. The album did good. We were number 12 in L.A. for Firecracker. Did a tour with Ted Nugent and played a lot of places, you know, Kentucky and... Later in the section with Willie, you know, so there was a lot of, you know, a lot of positive stuff came out of that, and we kind of rode with that for a while, and then uh, towards the end of, I think it was probably 81 or something like that, we had a lineup change, and Luther left, and we brought in Jim Rusadov, who would later you know, days were Lord Tracy and all that stuff, and Ruchidov came in, and <clears throat> that's kind of where we went into. Hal had left, too. Hal had gone to Nashville to go up there and work with some people that he wanted to work with up there. And, um, uh, so Creed too, and, you know, Wrong Time came out of that. Uh, we recorded at the old, um, Akiva Studios, producer Danny Jones, and, uh, yeah. So we, we, that was kind of our, went from kind of five piece to, uh, to four piece. And, uh, long time did real good on the radio. And we just, we stayed on the road for all those years, probably up until, you know, 83, something like that. And, uh-huh. and, and had a real good time, you know, we were, we were pirates. we, we kind of made our own way and paid our own bills and bought tires for our trucks and all that stuff. So, uh, that's kind of where the Southern Creek thing went. And so then, you know, the Southern Creek thing, we played, um, club television a lot. Our shows were always really, really big here in Memphis. We, uh, you know, played the auditorium North Hall and um so at the end of Creed is where I uh really wanted to do something different. Um and I went into uh R. T. Scott band, which everybody I think thought I had two heads for they looked at me like I had two heads for doing it, <laughs> but it was really, it was really for me. I think I've always been uh, kind of guy who, you know, whether it was through David Kurtz or R.T. Scott or or whatever the situation is, music is music, and I, I, I've always kind of looked for the challenge and uh, not trying not to be pigeonholed into uh, a certain style or whatever, so um, I went through the R.T. Scott thing, and we did relatively well. We won the Marlboro Contest and uh, opened up for uh, Ricky Skaggs and George Strait. Uh, played the Coliseum, and um, I had good success with it. And opened up for some artists, and um, kind of went on from there. So then, at that point, at the end of the Archie Scott thing, um, I was approached. I had gone up to Nashville, been doing some work up in Nashville, where the guy who's now a country artist named David Lee Murphy, at the time he was kind of a Cougar melon camp kind of guy. And yeah, was, man, I like man,
0: I like him a lot.
1: Yeah, he, he, uh, he's he's i I've got some uh, older songs he, re- he wrote that's in that vein of Cougar bone Camp stuff that's really, really good. Um, and so worked with him up there and through kind of networking up there had uh, been approached about <coughs> a girl up there who's singer uh, by the name of John, at the time was Joanna Jacobs. And, uh, uh, she was, I think at the time she was working with Eli Ball. Um I don't know if you're familiar with the name, but he's a, yeah. he was a producer. He was a producer. He had Jason and the Scorchers up there. So I started some writing with her and uh, Eli Ball, you know, kind of got into it. And um we did, uh, Some songs and some showcases, and ended up doing uh, an album at Ardent Studios, which came uh, the song "Kiss This" that she and I wrote came out, (laughs) and this uh, it did relatively well. There was really some primo players on the the record. You had uh, Greg Morrow and and Willie Weeks. david cochran and uh, eddie shavers and jim dickinson on keyboards wow and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of good material some of it was just um we actually pulled out the old um uh, rolling stone song give me shelter and put it on the record and uh so did relatively well with that. Uh, played a lot of dates. Did a Europe tour. Um, went as far as we could go with that. Came back. Eli uh, expressed interest in Archie Scott. Um, went into uh, a group called uh, the Delta Rebels. Archie Scott and uh, James and. Greg Morrow played on that and James did the live stuff. I did the album but didn't do the uh live shows. Um Damon Johnson from uh, Brother Kane took my took my spot in there. And that's kinda that's kinda where it went with that and then after that came into um my triple X thing, which was a three piece thing with myself and Jerry Dean, Ronnie Knight. We were just kind of a power trio. And, uh, uh, the, the, fun quotient was, it was very high. It was, it was just a, it was a lot of fun. And those are, those guys are great players. And, um, so triple X. And then, like I said, and then kind of went into the David Kurtz thing. And uh, did that. And currently, you know it's it's still Triple X. Triple X really started out um, before Ronnie was it was a band called Kingfish. And uh, this was this was a Nashville thing, too, that it was uh-huh. it was myself, Jerry Dean, and Trey Bruce. Trey Bruce played drums at the time. And we had mm-hmm. written a lot of songs and uh, kind of did some tapes for uh, MCA Publishing up there and, you know, had a lot of, you know, ears perk up with that and it kind of went as far as it could go. So then, you know, um, and then ultimately Trey moves up to Nashville and becomes the prolific songwriter that uh-huh. he is now and so um we've still got a catalog of Kingfish stuff that triple x does and we've been actually kind of taking some of those and revamping them here in the studio and taking another shot at them
0: trey bruce isn't in triple x
1: now right no he, he he does some guest stuff with us though some of our shows he'll come down and he'll play he'll he'll pick up a Pick up a guitar, electric guitar, and do some stuff with us, you know. So, it, and and that's always a lot of fun. And like, yeah, you said, it's uh, Trey's kind of our uh, um, our Bernie Toppin with Triple A uh-huh. because you know yeah. he, he, he writes a lot of stuff, and he's has sent us down some stuff that. He's written with different people, uh, Richard Marks and Duff McKagan, and all that stuff. And so we'll he'll send it down to us, and we'll put the Memphis Mojo on it and record it, and that becomes part of our X catalog.
0: Ah, and does he use that for
1: demos? For uh, yeah, new songs? The, yeah, we don't. We haven't cut officially cut anything a cd or anything like that we're you know we're kind of venturing into that that's a whole different world now with the uh whole yes it is with the whole, whole digital thing so you know cutting cds and you know how many you can actually get out there and sell that don't turn into uh uh beer coasters or whatever um So, you know, we've got our stuff out there. Triple X has a lot of their stuff on uh, SoundCloud. um, But some of these songs that Tracen sent down to us and some of the Kingfish stuff, and I actually recorded the old uh, Coast to Coast song that I've been doing for years, and uh, we put that all up on SoundCloud, and we'll kind of see where we want to go from there.
0: So that is your... your, uh your your main interest now is triple x right yeah
1: we it's a it's a it's a creative uh it's a creative thing for me it's uh we we spend a lot of time in the studio and um you know cut these songs and we get up and we play some live shows and all that stuff but yeah i gotta always feel like i'm like i'm doing you know something creative Um, Right, that's always a good feeling (laughs) Yeah, it is It is. Uh, That's kind of, like I said Been where I've at Uh, With Southern Creed You know, I kind of got You know With going into that There was uh, a lot of those Southern Creed songs That were kind of pre-written By uh, Luther Maven And when Hal and I came in Uh, We added our pieces to it And Firecracker that's where firecracker came from and uh i was inspired for firecracker by uh an old Jeff Beck team called ice cream cakes and oh yeah so yeah that, <laughs> so that's where the uh, it, you know wasn't anything like the song but the but, but the whole uh, uh song itself and the way it was played and all that stuff was kind of an inspiration for that
0: Yeah, didn't Steve Cropper write that song?
1: I don't know. i have to go back and you know, that's stuff I I, I grew up on. So, you know, it's like you don't really ever come up with anybody who says, well, I made that up myself. We all steal from each other. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We all steal licks from each other and that's... That's how we. That's how we learned was emulating other people and learning learning the songs off of vinyl when you had to put your thumb on the needle and move the needle back. You know they don't have the kids now have the you know opportunity to bring it up on YouTube and show how to play it. But back then that's all we had. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's. Uh there's a few questions that uh, that there's a lot of people expecting me to ask you, so I need to okay. ask you a few questions here. Okay. Uh, uh, regarding uh, Southern Creed, uh, you know, there's always uh, rumors or someone starting a rumor that Southern Creed is, is getting back together. And the last day, that I know of that you guys played together was Saturday, December 21st, yes.
1: 2019
0: at Lafayette. Yes. And that was a great show. Oh, thank and you. Was that your last?
1: Um, that last that y'all I, done? I don't know. You know, it's like, you know, we talk about, you know, maybe doing another one. Everybody's getting a, a bit older and, um, has some health issues and I'm getting older and, uh, but we always you know we always like playing the material Hal and I kind of did a, a project uh, ourselves uh, called the Butler Engel Band that uh, he and I wrote some stuff that maybe is not somewhat kind of the same vein as Southern Creed but uh, uh-huh. I, I'm not saying that that we'll never do it again. You know, it has to be, you know, one thing we take into consideration too is, uh, it's, it's about the, uh, about our fan base and the people. And so that's kind of why every year we pick the, uh, the holiday season, the Christmas season, the people, you know, driving in from out of town coming and coming to hanging out with their, their parents. And then they're ready to get out and do something. So, uh, I'm not saying that it's that it won't ever happen. I guess it just you know if the if the situation is right and time is right, uh, you know, i would be open.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, that's that's what they want to hear,
1: <laughs> right yeah. there. Yeah. That,
0: at least you're open to it. Yeah. Who are your guitar influences?
1: My guitar influences are pretty well. You know, wide uh, people that kind of had an impression on me. Guitar wise, was uh, obviously Buddy Church, and um, there was a fellow by the name of uh, Billy Hurt, Billy Wayne Herbert. A long time ago, played with the old Stone Blue Band down at the Underground, and I used to play with Creed till two o'clock in the morning, and then turn around and go play with him till six o'clock in the morning. At the old <laughs> um, Oh, wow, you know. So it's always you know my and then you know inspirations to you know when I, I played with Luther. Luther was good guitar, and then Rusadoff was was uh, great guitarist, a lot of fun. And uh, I, I've never been kind of a, an Eddie Van Halen ish kind of player. Some of my roots are probably more in uh, a southern vein, less Pauls and Marshalls, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of tried to stay, stay, the, uh, you know, between the lines on that and what feels comfortable to me. So I just kind of go with, go with what I know. I, I really don't. I've never had a guitar lesson in my life. Uh, oh, wow. I, started out in the second grade playing a ukulele and played in the talent show. And then got, all my guitars were hand-me-downs. My sisters hand me down a folk guitar. And I learned on it and, you know, played uh, some local local little carport bands. People didn't have garages then. And uh, down at San Antonio, family moved down there. We came back. I played with, um, uh, played with Rick camp carport band uh ended up, you know, um had some family friends in Bartlett, and went played with them. we had a carport band um, and everything was like talent shows, so if you we were doing anything uh-huh. at that point, you we were playing a talent show. Then yeah, also, Williams but, go ahead. I was just going to say, and ultimately went into a band in Bartlett called Harrison Creek. That was uh, my first um, time playing with Charlie Galwood from the Trump Monkeys, and uh-huh. we played together for a good long while. And uh, that's when I went into Burgundy and kind of what I've gone through with the history of that. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, I remember MC in a show, a fundraiser at Neals. And uh Rick Camp and the Trump Monkeys were playing and you got up and jammed with them. Yeah. And y- y'all y'all just really jailed. I mean yeah. it was just so tight and now I know why
1: you've known him all your life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, Ch- yeah. and Chip and I, you know, have known each other the longest uh, he was in some early bands with me and Bartlett. And, um, I don't know. He, he, used to come over and spend the night at my parents' house. and We used to practice in my mother's living room. And for years and years, uh, I heard about the grease spot that Chip left on the living room, lo- uh, rug from his, uh, <laughs> from his bass drum pedal. And, uh, so I've known him the longest, and then, like I said, Hal came in during the Harrison Creek days, and it's just been a lot, you know. And Rick Camp, like I said, uh, we we played together that long ago, and he kind of went one way with the crime, and I kind of went another way with uh, Southern Creed, and we would cross paths every now and then, and. You know, give big noogies and hugs and hopefully, You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
0: Man, Rick Camp is like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He is. He's just, he's a great guy. Trey Frazier, born and bred. You, are a Frazier guy,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, sure am. Well, <laughs> I, I married a girl from West Side, Gloria, and yeah. my, my my wife Gloria, and I'm a yeah. I'm a president there. So, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. We got Fraser covered. Yeah, we got <laughs> Fraser covered. Right, right. Larry. You know, uh, Jack Holder yeah. came from Frazier. Ultimately, Southern Creek came from Bartlett. I
0: have been asked to ask you. Well, actually, they came to me and said, just between you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Was there bad blood between you and Hal? When Creed broke up,
1: no, I think what it was was Creed in its current form. I guess you'd call it Mark One. Um, had gone as far as it could. We had the we had the uh, personnel change and brought in Rusadov and uh, took it kind of far as it went. Songwriting at that point was kind of uh, stagnant because we were still kind of going off the first album. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Hal's brother lived in Nashville, and Hal had an opportunity to to go up there and do some stuff. And, um, you know, when he left, him being kind of the other piece of vocals and all that stuff, we had kind of figured, well, know, what do we do now? We're down to four people. Um and I remember the rehearsal was like, do we bring in do we bring in another keyboard player with a vocalist? And we kinda went back and forth on that. And um uh, I said something about, well I don't know who's gonna handle all the vocals now and all of the guys in the band turned and looked at me like, We know who's gonna handle all the vocals now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of where that went but I, hal and i it's like you know it's like brothers you know uh even through bands we we probably you know cussed each other out or or whatever and hugged on each other and all that stuff but you know for as long as we've been together when he decided to leave then there was there was respect for that uh and uh he went up there and I think he did some stuff up there with a, a guy named Greg Guidry and, um, and different stuff and then stay up there quite a long time. He came back down when he came back down and did some stuff. We actually had a band called detail that, um, we just kind of went for what we knew. And it was me and how and a guitar player named Steve Gentry and, uh, Dwayne Cleveland and, um, Ricky Griggs out of West Memphis. It was a good little old band. We had fun.
0: Cool. I, I, that was what I expected. I, I didn't think that there would have been bad blood. Yeah. You've got a side. You've got a side project now with with Hal, don't you?
1: Yeah. Uh, I got approached by Hal. That kind of came through Tommy, Kathy. wanting to know if uh, kind of a merge of uh, of oh. Southern Creed and Target. Uh, just kind of, kind of for fun, get together and play, and um, you know, Target and Southern Creed back in those days, in the seventies. That was I don't, know, I don't know. It was kind of the pinnacle of people that got out there and wrote their own stuff and sang their own stuff, and their their success and our success. There was never any rivalry. You know, there was other bands at the time. There was Breaks. There was uh, um, all kinds of different bands that were doing stuff. Everybody was writing their own stuff. So that, that field was so vibrant. And so we had all the respect in the world for Target, and I think they did for us too. So when I got approached by that, I said, you know, how much fun can that be? It's like, <laughs>
0: yeah. You
1: know, that would be great. So, we're talking about, you know, kind of pulling together and kind of doing some, some, um, maybe older classic rock and, you know, No Kiss or White Snake or anything like that. But, um, you know, and possibly doing some, uh, some Creed songs and some Target songs. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Everybody's got their, Got their own project, you know. uh, Tommy and Bill has the uh, almost famous thing, and I have triple X. But we thought, you know, I was I was honored to be asked to um, to play with those guys. You know, uh, you can't get a a better set of pickers and players, and um, you know. Buddy and I kind of shared the stage a couple of times through the Jack Ral band, and uh, but we always talk about each other's you know catalog and work and how much we respect each other and back from the days of uh, uh, Target and Jimmy and all that stuff and uh, I'm really look- I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really r-
0: looking forward to it as well and. Uh, Tommy Cathy is a very good friend of mine. I've known him since my FM 100 days. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, when I saw him teasing that it was the merging of two bands, uh, that was the two that I was hoping for. Yeah. So. And I, think, so
1: I, think, I think for both of our fan base on both sides, I think it's going to be a... I think it's going to be a real treat for them as well as us.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope so, man. But it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting to, to see how you guys sound.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I've, I've been, you know, sharing the stage with Buddy. I've played a couple times with Tommy and then, you know, the history of me and Al. And Bill Marshall, you know, he came and used to come in and sit in with us, R.T. Scott Band and all that stuff and i don't know it's just uh it's really it's a it's a it's a very impactful uh lineup it's a top notch players to me
0: it definitely is is you know it's an all star band
1: we just have a lot of fun and play a lot of stuff that people like and just make it a wonderful night
0: i haven't got as much attention on announcing an interview as I did with you since I interviewed uh Jimmy Jamison
1: oh wow. and, well and thank you
0: yeah and I knew you would be because you're you're such a, a humble nice uh father grandpa husband in addition to being a musician oh well, thank you uh I appreciate and it. the oh well, there's more coming the feedback that i got was to tell you thank you for not only the music but for the way you handle yourself and the bands that you're in is always respectful to everyone and the city of memphis absolutely loves you
1: wow you're gonna make me tear up here (laughs)
0: Well, that wasn't my, that wasn't my attention, but I, I, you know, so many people that just absolutely will go anywhere that you play, you know, uh, to hear you. And, and so that was the majority of the messages that I got was to pass on uh, that message to you.
1: Well, the, the, the love and respect goes both ways with the with the fan base and uh, with you, Mitch. You know, uh, without um, being able to bring it to the people and have them accept it and and like it, uh, it, it wouldn't. There'd be nothing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's I've just always kind of done what I've done and. Uh, <laughs> If people like it and then that's just a that's just a big big shot in the arm for me. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, well,
0: you're welcome, man. And it's and it's well deserved too. You know, and it's just you just said something that, that I have been saying, you know, I've been interviewing people for thirty years. And, you know, I've interviewed just about everybody I've ever played. And a lot of those people, they Exactly what you said about I I do what I do, you know, and it's hard to see uh, the talent in yourself. You can yeah. see it in other people, yeah. But when you know, it's so hard to see it in yourself, and you play it down. Everybody does, yeah. except the egotist.
1: <laughs> you, know, you know, I, I think it. that's that's too kind of what puts. Memphis musicians uh, on a higher level because we, I think, because of the kind of depressed music industry here, I think we've always worked harder. I've been to other cities and listened to some other players, and they're, they're good players. Like I said, Trey Bruce and my good friend Roy Volk up there in Nashville. Great claims and all that stuff, but I don't know. There was there was truly, there's truly been magic in uh, Memphis and the quality of musicians and the quality of material. I don't know those days of the 70s will ever come out where everybody are the mythical creatures who write and sing their own songs like it used to be. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Mystical
0: but, creatures.
1: <laughs> yeah. But um uh, it's uh it's always been I think I think Memphis players are um a notch above anywhere
0: else. They're so respectful of each other, uh yeah. by and large, you know, the majority. Yeah. Um and so it's it's just like what you were saying about um, R.T. Scott, about people looked at you like you had two heads. Uh, you know, it, and it's... Uh, you know, you went into that open-minded. You're open-minded yeah. to... to uh, if if Creed gets back together. Right. Um, you know, I mean, and it's, that's the way that it should be. You know, everybody should be open and, and talking. Yeah. And, and I... Uh, I, think the el-
1: I think the only music I haven't played so far is polka <laughs> polka <laughs> yeah but I'm always <laughs> open so <laughs>
0: alright Steve well I appreciate your time I really do and I thank you for it
1: I thank you so much Mitch for for what you do and how you you know bring out the interviews on people and uh, support Memphis music and
0: your integral part of Memphis. Well, thank you. I, man, I See, I appreciate that now. See, now I'm going to have to step back. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're with us next time for Memphis Music Interview. Memphis Music History, told from the inside. I'm Mitch McCracken, and I hope to see you then. Memphis Music Interview is
1: a Get Kraken production.